By now, you have probably heard of James Robertson, Detroit man, 56 years old, walked 21 miles every day to work for a decade, never missed a day, never late, disregarding weather, walked because his car broke down, working faithfully for $10 an hour, he couldn't afford to fix the car, he walked. He worked. You have probably heard also of the Detroit banker who over time would see this man walking step by step dutifully. This time the banker stopped to inquire of the man why he walked and so learned of his story and told the story to the newspapers who then wrote of the story. If you have heard this much, then surely you know about Evan Leedy, 19, a computer science student. He read the free press article on James Robertson. He took out his phone and created a GoFundMe account, requesting at first just a couple of thousand dollars to get this man's car fixed. That's where we entered. What would you do? What should I do? You probably know the story because in quick time, not 2,000, not 25,000, not 80,000, $350,000 were raised through the kindness of utter strangers to get this man a car so he can work for ten plus dollars an hour, five days a week. When he went to buy the car, the dealer gave him one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how are you doing today? Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! I am Neville. In case you are wondering, yes, I am horse. In the bright light of James Robertson, in the fresh breath of Evan Leedy, I'm not about to let a little hoarseness stop me from this small duty. So bear with me, please. This room is full of folks ready to engage with you. And all around us, the conversation continues. I do have a small question. Who is your advocate?
You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I first became aware of the word advocate when I was somewhere around six to, say, seven years old. Yes, I distinctly remember it. Since before that time, any word my mother spoke in my presence, any word I spoke in her presence, any word uttered in our presence while we were together, I had better be prepared to pronounce correctly, spell accurately, understand its meaning, and be able to use it smartly. Yes, I had that kind of a mother. Don't pity me yet. Pity me if I forget. I am beginning to see why I was such a quiet boy. This particular evening, in the smoky confines of our backyard, a neighborhood woman was conversing with my mother. I saw the woman beating her breasts heavily, woefully, as she looked toward the dark, sparkly sky, shouting thanks to God for the, her advocate up in heaven. Who was that, I wondered. Advocate? My eyes switched to my mother, for I found myself trapped between being spellbound by the woman's theatrics and wanting to duck and hide, lest I invite the calling of my name to spell and explain this new word, advocate. It must have been my lucky night. I was not called upon to give an account, but this word will make a fresh appearance in my life about two years later. Life is kind of funny that way. Today I have a small question. Who is your advocate? Well, would you know it, celebrating the season here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center are several advocates. I would be remiss if I didn't let you meet them. Up first is author and the host of Southside Open Mic, which meets every Sunday on Grand Avenue in Dallas. Let's welcome Anika Michelle. Anika to the mic. Good evening, everybody. Yes, my name is Annika Michelle, hello. And um, that's Annika, A-N-N-I-K-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E for everybody who's listening. And I do have a CD, a book release that goes together. It's called Life at 40. Um, in addition to Southside Open Mic, I uh, would be remiss if I didn't include the fact that I just came from confirming another open mic that I'll be having at a Little Cajun Restaurant um, in South, I'm sorry, it is in Oak Cliff, so it's over there by the Cliff Club. 
But um, anyone who knows me or if you've just heard my name, get to know me on Facebook, you'll know about all my venues. So um, I'm gonna spit an advocacy piece. Um, I love coming here just because of you know, the energy and, and the vibe here of what we do. And uh, here it is. It ain't no love for hoes. I mean, ain't that how the song goes when she puts on these clothes and strikes a pose and everyone knows what she's good for doing. But does that somehow make her a subclass human being just because of how she makes a living? Is there ever any consideration for how she got there? I mean, maybe the things that others had the privilege of learning, nobody taught her. Don't forget that she is somebody's daughter. I mean, maybe the same somebody who traded her for their addiction before she was even seven. See, I know too many women with that story. And while I have sympathy for all types of sex trafficking, what breaks my heart is the unrecognized tragedy that she's not a minor or from another country, that she doesn't deserve help. So good luck finding any money for your intervention program funding. See, it's not that I'm anti-prostitution, I'm anti-exploitation. And the difference between negotiation and manipulation is power differentiation. You might look at me and ask, well, how can she be an advocate when she dresses like that? And the answer is, I am trying to get your attention. After tonight, I don't expect that you'll forget what I look like, what I said, or what I represent, and that is freedom from sexual exploitation and shame. It's Annika Michelle. Please don't mispronounce my name. And I don't dress like this because I'm an attention whore. I dress like this because I believe that whores deserve more attention. Not with selfish intentions like how can I get some, but with altruistic intentions like if she's suffering, then what can I do to help? I'm not even asking that you help her specifically, but please try to make room for just a little bit of empathy, and I'm not even asking you to like her. But to understand her plight and allow me to give you some insight to what her life is really like. Have you ever had sex with somebody who you weren't really feeling in your life? Okay. Well, imagine that. But only 10 times a day, every day, and every customer is a potential perpetrator to injure, rob, and rape her. And what do you do when, for as long as you can remember, the world has told you with its actions that this is where your value is. And if you want to love, then this is what you give. And this is how you get love. And when somebody wants you and wants to feel good because of what you do, well, then you have power. Now, I understand what's wrong with this picture, but where she's supposed to get a different perspective when this is what she's been painted with, condemnation does not erase her self-image. And someone asked me the other day, well, what about that not abused, raised middle-class chick whose money comes up short, so she starts turning tricks, and I was like, damn, poverty is still a bitch. I mean, maybe she's just trying to keep it together so she and her kids don't have to go to the shelter. I mean, I've been there. So don't tell me what you won't do as long as you still have some support and some kind of resource support, but there's no other recourse and friends and family have forsaken you or it's what they do too. You can sell dope or sell yourself and try to keep it all the love, but one thing's for sure. Most people know, hoe is always a hoe. Prostitution is the most dangerous occupation in this nation with PTSD equivalent to that of combat veterans. But at least they get trained for warfare, issued a weapon and some protective gear. And before you tell me she put herself in that position, does it mean that she deserves to be raped, robbed, and beaten? Whether it's a pimp or a chick who batters her to the police and the public, it don't matter. At the end of the day, that chick better have my money. Even if she's a renegade, she's not doing this for fun. The bills still got to get paid. So when you try to spit some wisdom as someone who won't listen, does it mean that you're going to diss them or judge them? Why don't you try to be someone who can love them right where they are? Thank you. We are family. Reach out and touch somebody. Stop human trafficking. If you're looking for resources, go to thejourney.riosports.com. That is, the journey is one word, 
thejourney.riosports. Riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Go to thejourney.riosports.com. Reach out. Touch somebody. As rough as a time this young man is having personally, he is a member of the Speak Out Texas team and has committed to working on stopping what he has properly described as New Age slavery, the prison system. His advocacy is towards rehabilitation and reintegration of prisoners. His name is Rashad. He will treat us to a freestyle performance. Major Arcana, Tarot number 17. J-R-M, J-R-M, Jordan Rashad McGuire, Jordan Rashad McGuire, J-R-M, germ, germ, germinating, germinating, germinating culture in this petri dish, rising, rising, concrete rose, concrete rose, concrete rose, rose rising through the ashes, Phoenix, Arizona, I'm still rising, despite all the things that are surprising, 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 flash, 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 and Pepe, and Pepe, and Pepe, I call on the son of Ra to bring water down on this seedling that's trying to go. I may be on the brink of starvation, but I'm going with the wind fabulous. I should never go hungry again. Mm-hmm. Breakfast at Tiffany's, Cathedral of Hope, diamond, cursed, blessed. Mm-hmm. Turning, spinning, switch, elegua, switch, 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 black, red, switch, 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 switching this around. Turning it in my favor, for I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I discovered him. Yeah, I discovered him. All right, awesomeness, awesomeness. So what is an advocate? Who is an advocate? A man walked for over 10 years back and forth each day to work for 21 miles because he could not afford any other means of transport. This is not an isolated story. Or do you think it is? Forgive my passion. But I must ask, what would you do if you were James Robertson? Let's walk in his shoes for just this short mile, this couple of minutes. What would you do if you were the banker? What would you do if you were Evan Leedy, a student, 19? What would you do if you were the car dealer? What would you do if you were his employer, his fellow worker, his neighbor, a friend, the grocer? What would you do 
if you were the one seeing this black man passing by your window, what would you do? What did you do? What would I do? What did I do? next young lady is a uh, hip-hop. Uh, she used to do hip-hop back in the day with Run DMC. Uh, Y'all remember Run DMC? Yeah. Yes, she used to do uh, back in the day with Run DMC. She was uh, before, what's, what's that chick named Shantae? Roxanne. A real name, Roxanne was real. I'm a real Roxanne and I'll rock you. Yeah, real Roxanne. <laughs> she was before Roxanne. Her name is Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky to the stage. She's a victory rock queen, Miss Vicky. Y'all know that. Y'all know that Roxanne. Roxanne is not found. Y'all remember something, Roxanne? Roxanne. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I want to be your man. I want to be your man. Roxanne found a, her real name is Shantae, I think found a clause in her contract that said that she, that they would pay for her college. She is like a doctor in psychology right now, so hip hop kicks her. Miss Vicky to the mic. I met a woman, a beautiful woman, a wise, mature black woman, black, so black it was as if petrol crude pumped through her veins. Her hair, her braids flowed from her head like waters falling over Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. Her eyes still sparkle like uncut diamond pebbles, like uncut diamonds on the coast of Sierra Leone. She was ancient, she was regal, she was ethereal, and I just had to engage her. I had to study her. She told me about her life. She was born during creation in the beginning, and she is older than recorded history itself. She told me about her Egyptian adolescent years her conquest and being conquered. She told me that she had been stripped and raped by the Krugers and the gilded Krugeran offspring. And the gentleman named Cecil Rhodes is still constantly stealing her uncut diamond tears. She told me how she had suffered and survived through sicknesses, the sicknesses of malaria, AIDS and Ebola, and the internal warrings of her children, brother against brother, people against people, nation against nation. And throughout this dialogue, her monologue, she spoke boldly, proudly, and confidently of her plights, her strife, her life. But then her mood changed and grew darker, darker than the crude in her veins. And she lamented of her stolen, stolen children like royal. They were royal like she. 
stolen to the Americas to build nations in a labor called slavery. She celebrated their emancipation. She followed their progress intensely with a motherly determination. And her kids were always on her mind because they were her soul. They were the soul of the world. And with the same bright, sharp mind with which she recalled memories of antiquities, she gave a truth accurate account of a current event. The events, the incidents, no accidents of her young generation's sons, Amadulo Diablo, Sean Bell, Trayvon Martin, Jordan Davis, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, and even Tamar Rice should have been playing in the playgrounds in the Valley of the Kings. With amazement, awe struck me, and I marvel at the internal eternalness in her spirit. I felt my connection to her, to her soul, and I realized <laughs> this woman was my dirt. She was my soil. She was my earth. And like her, I am ancient, I'm regal, and I am the real. I was glad I took the time to study her, to engage her, to witness her. And her eyes still sparkle like uncut diamond petals, like the uncut diamonds on the coast of Sierra Leone. To feel her hair, her braids flowing from her head like waters falling over Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. To touch her face black, so black, it was as if petrol crude pumped through her veins. A wise, mature black woman, a beautiful woman. And before we parted, I had to ask her name. And she turned and looked through my sparkling cut diamond eyes and down into my soul, and she said, my name is Africa. that I bring up Leo Hassan, who is, uh, whose style is very, is, is hip-hop, the original hip-hop type style, yes. He is a legend in this community. He is a, yes, give it up for, for, yes. for Leo Hassan to be a legend in this game. And he can walk up here, he, did you see him pimp walk up here? Yeah. So Leo Hassan, so I'm a pimp walk. <laughs> a true story. The name of it is Sometimes a Mother's Love is Just Not Enough. I was once a mentor to a young man. His name was Robert, a cool little guy. I gave him the nickname Star Child. This kid, he was reading the daily newspapers at the age of five. Any words that he did not know or could not pronounce, he would enthusiastically ask us. I gave him his first thesaurus. He was so very special to all of us. In grade school, he was always at the top of his class. His favorite subjects were science and math. When most kids his age were 
playing video games or watching Disney movies on DVD, Robert was reading adventures in world history and writing his own original poetry and studying fundamentals of elementary biology. That was his favorite subject. And he did this all independently. I would ask him, I said, Robert, when you grow up, what do you want to be? His answer was always the same. Anything I want to be, this level of self-confidence in a child would always impress me. But I don't know what happened after the age of 16. I mean, it was a struggle to get him to even communicate with me. His grades dropped down to C's and D's. No chance now of a scholarship to any college or university. Malt liquor, gangster rap, and smoking weed just totally disrupted his academic focus as well as his imagination and his innate creativity. So here, we've got a young man, now age 21, angry, delusional, dysfunctional, unemployable, a bona fide sociopath walking around with a gun. His mother, she prays for him night and day. Lord, please protect my child. Keep him out of harm's way. But sometimes a mother's love is simply just not enough. He has totally disassociated himself from all the folks that he once knew. His only friends now were his thug life crew. And to see them all together, you hold your head and say, what the hell? Pants sagging, joy showing, crazy tats, disrespecting young girls and elders as well. As long as I live, I will never understand why he would try to jack an armored car. These couriers carry big magnum pistols and they are trained to shoot. Protecting those bags of money is what they were hired to do. His ambush was clumsy. Those couriers were combat ready. Gunfire blasting left and right, chaos in the street. And when the smoke clears, Robert's laying in a pool of his own blood, face down in the street. For years, we were all looking forward to this grand celebration. Robert, in his cap and gown, strutting across the stage. His master's degree, or his PhD graduation. And now here we are, sitting in this church house. <coughs> with our heads down to mourn. Listening to that same old going over yonder funeral song. I don't even like that song. <laughs> We're trying to figure out how a life filled with such promise and hope could have gone so tragically wrong. But I'm not going to end this story in such a dismal, and depressing way because there are thousands of 
young black men in colleges and universities, and they're working hard every day. They're starting to be doctors and educators and engineers and technicians and architects and lawyers and policy makers. Our future is in their hands. So as a community, we have to encourage them and inspire them while they're young. This has got to be our master plan. The very next time I became aware of this peculiar word, advocate, there was rioting in the city. I was not in the city, I was in my yard. I overheard one man whispering this word to another man. Men don't whisper well, usually, or so it seemed then to me. The way this man used the word was completely different from the way the broken woman had used the very word. As much as I could tell then, she used it as a noun. There was someone up there in the sky for whom she was full of gratitude. Now, if my mother had asked me then, who is an advocate? I would have said an angel. But now I was confused. These men confused me. This man had no noun on his lips. He had a verb in his heart, which was about to do something. It was about to advocate. And this thing he was hell-bent on advocating seemed a dastard deed to me. It seemed they were going to advocate misery and hell upon some wacky group of people that he hated to the very bones. He was about to advocate they be burned alive. So if my mother had asked me then, who was an advocate, implying advocate still to be a noun, I would have pointed in passion and vigor with all of my fingers to those two men. They are the devil's advocate, I would have said. They are full bent on hell. On neither of these two occasions did my mother question me. I suspected my luck would soon run out, so I had better set hand and feet to straightening this out up front. You see... Ever since I was a wee boy, my mother ensured that I always had free and unfettered access to three of her books. Her Bible, her book of prayers, and her dictionary. Free and unfettered access, no excuse. One glance from her, and I had better be found not idle. A book in my hand saved me from the consequences of idol. So I went straight for the dictionary. 
I found the word advocate. Behold, more confusion. Bear with me. There was now rioting in my head. You see, this dictionary defining advocate pointed me to the word lawyer. It seemed to say to me, someone who is standing up for you, someone who is standing up for your cause. It seemed to me then, as a wee boy, someone there on your behalf. Now, lawyer, I knew. My godfather was then the renowned lawyer, Peter Britton, for whom as a boy I was named. So I knew firsthand a man who stood strong and forcefully unafraid, direct and effective before the powers that be. So awesome a man he was, he was frequently featured in the papers. Peter Britton, my godfather, lawyer, an advocate. Here was my confusion. What was a lawyer doing in heaven, standing before God, defending or standing up for this woman on earth? Doesn't God already know everything? What reasoning can an advocate bring before God that would change anything? I closed the dictionary and hoped my mother would stay from me for a while. There was something peculiar about advocate. I needed time to figure it out. So I have a very small question. Who is your advocate? I see nothing bright, nothing. 
nothing like my eye muscle shaking. Best of luck to Leo Nisa in the distance. Closer, it's about to take my hair. Creeping on me since daycare. I've had a feeling so consistent. If I sleep now, I'll never miss it. Because the nigga got me so scared. And it's so addicting. That tired feeling. It sounds crazy. And it's how I'm feeling. How I'm dealing my dead destiny. My car's with me. Hope they all set us. I hope. If they're not. Then it's no mistake, no, how it is, my tired fate Just lay me down, may I never wait, uh Give me a lifetime to call me a lifeline and leave them a message, uh Whisper what's keeping me conscious and then I collapse Start from the very beginning until I am breathless Then I just send to them like The blinding light from a text on the king, I see now which I still can't see. Guess all I can do now is just the greatness. And fade, yeah, yeah, yeah. 3 a.m. and I feel it right. No early bird gon' tell me different. They asking me if I am alright. I say, I see just I'm dreaming every night, every night, every night. Keeping me conscious and then I collapse Start from the very beginning until I am breathless Then I just sing to him like The blinding light from a text on the king I see now Hit the light switch I'll never see I guess all I will do now is just the greenness Kualeo 30. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. So a man walked 21 miles each day to work for a decade to earn $10 an hour because there was no means of transport. If this were you, what would you do? Since this wasn't you, 
What did you do? Since James Robertson's story went viral, inspiring many, begging questions of many, causing snickers in some quarters, James Robertson is now no longer safe in his own home, in his own community. He became an easy target. And then he had to be moved to safety. What would you do? What did you do? Deep through trampled trenches, beneath the hustling cities, this blast of light cuts across long muffled groans, and finds there, too, stars do twinkle, and faces shine golden through victories seldom spoken loud above the fog of lies. Here before me, this galaxy of gorgeous lives, having time upon time beaten the odds stacked crudely to pluck their stumble, do brush those falters aside for their envy, and not ignoring their crude crimes, do rest knowing how well those tacklers cheat themselves at solitaire and knit angels about their pillows for sweet lullabies. That's their bit in heaven, <laughs> all easily swept aside by this galaxy of gorgeous lives. So, what are you doing? Let me encourage you to pick up a copy of Illicet, A Time to Begin Again by Neville D'Angelo. That book is called Illicet. Illicet is spelled I-L-I-C-E-T. It is a Latin word. Illicet, A Time to Begin Again by Neville D'Angelo. You can get it from Amazon or Barnes & Noble in your favorite format. See you next week.